Hi, my name is Vivian Aqua and I am the Inclusive Workplace Wellness Advocate, also known as the DEI Consultant and Coach. And welcome to Let's Humanize the Workplace. Can you imagine that this show is almost three years old? Yes, I started this show in 2019, not knowing that um, it was that much needed, but also not knowing that it would be an amazing way to connect with so many amazing people and have a conversation about the main topic. It has been a blessing in a disguise. It has brought me so much. I've met so many people through Amplify DEI. And today I am going to introduce you to two amazing guest speakers as well. And I'm going to bring them on. So I am inviting you to ask your questions. If you want to share any insights about the topic, that's totally fine. Know that I will do my best to highlight you as well. And let's bring on the first guest. So let me do my bio. So uh, Rodney Frank is an organizational development training consultant who specializes in bespoke solutions to address diversity, leadership, and team effectiveness. And Rina Suzuki Wagner is a transformational meditation teacher who lets you go deeply within to find and connect to your true self with a unique method by unique leverage sorry, with a unique method leveraging music. Sorry, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> it's, that, it's that time of the day. It's almost like eight and it was a very long day today. So apologies for, for the tongue wrapping, but um, Sam is saying hi. So hi, Sam. And Sam Salary is also here. So thank you. Um, Rodney, let's, let's start with the first question. Why do we need to humanize the workplace? What's your perspective on this? Well, I think hi Vivian and hi to all the the the, the followers or um, audience members. So I think yeah, the mm -hmm. simplest one is because well, there are human beings in the workplace, right? So and we all don't thrive in isolation, and um, you know we're not expected to operate like robots with no emotion, fun, laughter, and when there's no connection, it just feels mechanical. And um, yeah, I feel like these icy behaviors can cause you know alienation. Um, and so I think what, what's important to understand is that, you know, in this workplace, I like to call this a workplace puzzle, you know, we're all just small parts of it and we all need to be able to play our piece and not just look out for our own self-interest. And, um, you know, I, I have a really good example of this. I had uh, worked for two managers, a great one and a horrible one. And uh, when I was in this, <laughs> this great working environment, I was just an administrator, but it was such an awesome environment. You know, everyone was on level playing fields, whether you were the tea executive every month, we used to have, uh, you know, a champagne breakfast and the team just operated so incredibly. People wanted to work late. People wanted to come in early. Um, and some of the friendships that I'd formed there have been lifelong and I still have them now. And that's the perfect humanized, you know, the, the results mm -hmm. of, a, of a humanized workplace. Yeah. And the opposite was, yeah, was absolute terror. Music too loud. Um, you know, it needs to be strict, very structured, and it was just a really horrible working environment for me. Would you say that it was almost like, it's, it sounds like micromanaging happened there? Yeah, so every portion of my day was, was, was mapped out for me. Um, mm -hmm. She used to give me a calendar with a breakdown of my times, and I was expected wow. to do something in each of those times uh, wow. right up until 5 o'clock. So there was no flexibility. 
And uh, yeah, it was very structured. It was almost like the fun police. As soon as anybody was having a, a too much of fun, she was out there making sure that uh, we calmed down a bit. Wow, we need to, we need to, we need to definitely stop. And also something that you mentioned about um, we should prevent the workplace from being a solo act, right? It should be a collaboration with different people. And knowing that diversity is bringing in the, the financial benefits for company, knowing that diversity is about creating that workplace where everybody feels home, that yeah. is what we need to amplify as well. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. And yes, we don't need no more Gondor Ramses in the workplace. We need more. Yeah. <laughs> we need more Jamie Olivers in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, thank you. And Rina, yeah. what about you? I really like what you said, Vivian, that uh, we need to make a place, a company or workplace where everybody feels home. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. Um, for, from my side, I do work a lot with the individuals and a lot of people, even like high performers, low performers, yeah. everybody, they have always this like big problem that they bring to my sessions, which is that they can't be themselves at work yeah. or they can't be themselves at all in their life. And that is for me, it's like a really big, sad problem. And I think to humanize the workplace is to be feel comfortable to ourselves being our true selves and bring that like be able to bring that to the workplace and I think it's just um, not only corporate wise but from the like individual perspective it's just so important and so many people are burnout and have mental yeah. issues and yeah I think yeah it's just of course, it's important to humanize the workplace. So that's like uh, how I feel uh, about this topic. Yeah, you're also touching uh, a topic that really puzzles me sometimes because the conversation about burnout has been a conversation that has been led for a very long time. Even before the pandemic, it was mm. rising. And during the pandemic, a lot of people burned out because they felt they were doing more. And now this conversation is still being had. Yeah. What are should be we doing different to prevent people from having a burnout? Yeah, I think there. I mean, there are many solutions, but for mm -hmm. me, it's of course the corporate, the company has to provide yeah. a workplace. But also, yeah. I think what's lacking is not only the system, but we don't have time to look and reflect on ourselves. We just yeah. keep busy going, 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 doing, doing, and we have to chase, we are chasing, craving for something like, it can be success, it can be status, it can be money. And we are craving, we are chasing, we are focusing too much on doing, and we just don't have time to reflect and being ourselves. And that's for me, it, it was lacking for me at least that to have those times and really reflect on what who I really am. Because mm -hmm. some people say like, oh, I can't be true myself at work, but they don't really know who they are. <laughs> so yeah. then it's like you can't align if you don't know who you are. And I think that's the most like really important. That's something that you can do as an individual and take action. So for me, that was the yeah, that's what we should do. Uh, individually yeah. yeah you mentioned two valuable points one um i always refer to uh the thing that you shared about we are going on and on and on we are not do ourselves bunnies 
we don't have Duracell batteries where we last and continue on and on and on. And the second part is um, a valuable aspect that a lot of people are not familiar with is knowing yourself. What are your values? Yeah. What are your passion? What are your purposes? And if you don't know how, there are so many books, so many you know podcasts out there. But if you really want to support, find yourself a coach. And it might sound it might sound sound a bit wooey, but then again, a go a coach can help you find that, can help you define that, and also can help you navigate your own journey will be your cheerleader yeah. your supporter and and everything within that so that's definitely that something i support and coming back to you rena yeah. uh, resiliency <laughs> is your jam right it's everything <laughs> that you're doing at the moment right now why is it important and i have to ask you a, 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 another question which i normally should not because i should not compound questions on <laughs> questions but this is this is relevant what made what compelled you to change your navigation within your career by putting resiliency uh, as a priority? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, so first, uh, why resiliency is important? I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, in any life. Uh, how happy you are, how successful you are, how lucky you are, you will have pain. You have, yeah. you will have pain in your life. And then, so you have to always, I mean, you can't avoid pain, but you can avoid suffering. So yeah. for me, the resilience is important because you can see what's the difference between pain and suffering and yeah. try to make the, or transform the pain to be a positive thing. I know it sounds like, Ah uh, yeah, she's saying it again, or like you know, you've heard of it again and again. But I think that's really important, and that's something we can actually do if we really look into ourselves and if we reflect. So that's why it's important, and that's how you can have a content, fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. So I think why that's why the resilience is very important. Even though you don't feel like you have a difficult times right now, it will come. And those times you can be resilient and you mm -hmm. can get back to your on your own feet. So that's uh, that's why I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And also maybe maybe to help define resiliency, right? I, I define resiliency as a way to bounce back mm -hmm. after challenging periods to yeah. be able to become resilient. So I'll I'll open up myself and share a challenge that I faced during my pregnancy, I was being bullied. Mm. That in itself broke my heart because I gave my, my heart, my everything to the company and realizing that the love wasn't the same all because I became pregnant. After becoming a mom, I realized that I can do two things or three. I can either cry myself and, and say pity myself and become a victim. I can be angry right? Mm -hmm. Activate the fight mechanism, or I can use what I've learned, use that in a positive way and be part of the solution. I chose the latter. It is challenging though, because I'm redefining myself. I am entering a new uh, journey. I'm entering something that I've never done before, but I'm also activating something that is needed. Why? I want 
to change the world for my kid. That's 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 my selfish reason. I want to change the world for better for the kids for the next generation. And if I am am talking about the deficit in the world, the empathy deficit or the inclusion deficit, I need to be part of that solution. Mm. Wow. That's very strong. And yeah, it feels so, I can feel your compassionate and passion to this topic. Mm -hmm. And yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, it was a bit different in a way. It was a way longer journey. It's not like a one accident. Mm-hmm. I started off my career as uh, working as an investment banker. And in Singapore and Tokyo, which is especially in Tokyo, the gender uh, gender balance, it's very sexism working environment. And it was really difficult to work for me there. Every day was like barbaral sexual harassment. And that's wow. really normal. And I can't even say that's weird because it's normal. It's like for women in Japan, it's really normal to be accepted and say, like, laugh it off in a way. And so, yeah. And also at the same time, I didn't know who I was. I thought Mm -hmm. I wanted to have better status. I wanted to be so-called successful and yeah, meaning like promoted, you know, and work at the big company, all those things. And now I think after almost 10 years after my career, I started to realize something is off and something is not aligning with me. Mm-hmm. It's not only the sexist culture, like culture and environment that I hated, but also something is missing from me. So then I, I went to some this retreat and where I met my uh, meditation master and I started to look what really I value. And my value was to be honest, be authentic. And my purpose was to give love to people. And yeah. that would never come to me 10 years ago because I was so full of my ego. <laughs> and I didn't think of helping others or supporting others. Like, I didn't care. But I think, yeah, along the way, I it's just like every so many things accumulated coming to Netherlands, also facing some racism. It's, yeah, it's just really... For me, it was a pain, but then in the end, I think it's really gives me opportunity to look back in my life and look back Mm -hmm. who I am. So that was, I think I was able to transform that pain to the, uh, like, uh, not a happiness, but, uh, you know, something. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. um, So I think resilience is not something you can build and you can get in one day, but if you practice and if you can keep working on it, I think that's how you can, yeah, build a resilience. And I hope everybody can build resilience. Yes, I hope so too. I see Rodney nodding. Rodney, I'm including you in the conversation as well. (laughs) From your perspective, why why is resilience important? Well, well, look, firstly, I don't want to brag, but you know that South Africans are known for being very resilient people, right? (laughs) You know, we, we've, we've, we've had to overcome a lot. We've had to true, overcome so much. True, and I think it's also true. part of our culture, you know, yeah. uh, you know, being born pre-apartheid, growing up in apartheid, yeah. having to, you know, face the challenges that we did as a people, as a minority, you know, 
we've we've got just it's a beautiful country, but also we've we've had to overcome and still overcoming so much. So yeah. I think it's just part of our part of our culture. We've just become so used to it. And I think, as Rina said, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that built up over over time. And the more you overcome these challenges, the better you become at it, and the more resilient you become. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you know, it, it when you face it, it, it really equips you to. You know, with the skills and the, and the confidence and the knowledge to be able to push through those difficulties. Rodney, um, um, something to, happened know, with up. your, sorry, something happened with your connection. You said something about it really equips and then we lost you a little bit. Can you otherwise turn off your okay. camera? Is that better? Is that yeah. better? Is that better? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Sorry, where, where, where did you lose me? I lost you where we really, uh, resilience is part of our DNA or something. You, you mentioned something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, yeah, I think it equips us with the skills and the confidence, mm-hmm. the knowledge to be able to push through the difficulties that we have, you know, to pick yourself up after failures and achieve whatever it is that you are working towards, you know. But yeah. the other side of that is that we know that people who are not resilient become really easily overwhelmed. They also yeah. become prone to unhealthy coping mechanisms, whatever that may be, mental health issues, alcohol, yeah. drug abuse. Um, yeah. And so, you know, this is the flip side of the coin for, for people who have not built that up. And as I said, I think mm-hmm. I'm not too sure what I was cut off, but I said I agreed with Rina that these things are yep. built slowly over time. I have a guest. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my. Oh, it's Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> it's his best time. <laughs> yeah it's that time um how what what can people do to boost their resiliency in the workplace hmm. and i would say rodney can you kick that off yeah um so i think people can become good at resilient when they learn how to overcome challenges um and when we do it more, we become better at it. And we also need to remember that this is a very, very highly sought after skill in the fourth, fifth industrial revolution. So, you know, organizations, companies are looking for effective problem solvers, but it's, you know, how do you overcome the challenge when you face with it? What happens? You know, I have a a little bit of a strategy, you know, you need to have a bit of perspective, not be too overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. have a look at what you're facing from all angles. Um, Try to become the Swiss army knife where you bring a lot of different options and <laughs> solutions to the problem. Uh, we all know that, you know, solutions are difficult uh, to see, but challenges are, are right in front of us and they, you know, yeah. they're right in front of our faces. So we always see them and we, you know, it's, it's not something that's easily done. Um, but yeah, as I said, like to be able to continually pick yourself up um, when you when you go down and some of the most unlikely heroes um, are people who have shown resilience. You know, I'm going to bring Nelson Mandela into it. We saw what he faced 27 years coming yeah. out, becoming the first democratically de- democratic president. We have people like John Creasy, who received 753 rejection slips before he published 500 books. Oprah Winfrey, yeah. uh, J.K. Rowling was turned down 12 times before she had, um, you know, Harry Potter published. And you know, we see that people who are resilient have overcome great adversity, but what's at the end of that? Yeah. Um, and if you can get through it, you know, you could be almost there to something really great. 
You mentioned also something that is very valuable when it comes to boosting your resiliency, having a support system, having people around me. If I face adversity or let's say, you know, talking to potential clients with some challenging faces, um, I always have my inner circle. I have my, you know, 911 people that I can talk to and vent. I'm human, right? Uh, I'm not pretending that I am, you know, Jesus or I am the best of the best. I'm human. And therefore, my reaction is human. I, I do show some emotions uh, in certain ways and I need to vent. And the challenges that come my way, if I would share that whole list, I mean, the Bible is even, uh, the Bible should be bigger regarding the things that I face, the isms that I face, the sexism, the, the racism, the discrimination, all the challenges that I faced. And um, to be able to walk away and say that I live, I'm still living, I, um, I have overcome is something that I'm always grateful for. And sometimes you mentioned that as well. There are people out there that have not faced adversities. And when they haven't done that, when they face an adversity, they fall, they do something or they seek, you know, some unhealthy things like drinking, um, um, using certain things that doesn't serve them. And that's why yeah. I feel, I not I feel, I know that resiliency should be taught also in the workplace as well. Yeah. 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 I've, yeah. It's a really big topic for me, like yeah. how to mm -hmm. be. And yeah, like, so a lot of people these days, like, what, like binge watching Netflix, that's like a word that yeah. is like a, <laughs> created these days. And binge watching is, I think it's same as drinking alcohol, taking yeah. drugs. It's just numbing. So what and... are you saying? I cannot Netflix anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm a binge watcher as well. Okay. Sometimes I need that. I need that. Yeah. So, yeah. And also like be hooked on the social media as well. I think yeah. for me, everything just sounds like numbing. And why we numb is because we are avoiding the feelings that we yeah. should be feeling. And everyday life again we are just so busy we just don't have time to feel all the emotions that we have every day and we just keep covering up because we are afraid mm -hmm. we are we are scared to feel that feelings because it's so painful and we avoid it avoid it avoid it and at some point it's like the uh, boiling water in the kettle it's gonna poof like you know it's just yeah. gonna explode so for me like so two things I really recommend people to really, you can do it from today is one thing is just feel the emotion. You can cry every day. Mm -hmm. You can just scream every day. You can be mad at every day as long as you don't hurt other people, of course. But then and yourself. At, yeah. <laughs> but at workplace, it's kind of taboo to cry, a taboo yeah. to, you know, so I think. Yeah, I don't know how the company, from like company perspective, how it's possible to do it. But I think the crying shouldn't be a taboo because it's people's feeling. We are human. And if we cannot do that, cry at home and try to face the feelings that you have. And that's the one thing. And another thing, it's from my master. And I do it actually almost every day. When you get angry, I have a small towel. I always have this small towel. <laughs> And then I scream into it. I cover it Ooh. my mouth and I put yeah. the fingers here and scream. Yeah. And then you don't hurt your 
like hardcore uh, chord, yeah. mm -hmm. you scream. And then it's screaming is like a physical way of letting out all your emotions out. And it sounds yeah. a bit crazy, but really works. Your angers after three screams, mostly gone, or you can be calm. And it's just, yeah, like we just need to feel more emotions that we have every day. That's, of course, we are living a super stress um, yeah, as long as you live in a really remote area in the countryside, in the city, we are facing like busyness and, you know, it's just stressful. And yeah. that's not how we are built as a human. And we have to let all the emotions out. So, yeah, that's my... These are valuable tips. Um, <laughs> yeah. After a DEI training, when I face some adversity, yes. I need to bring my towel and screw yeah. But also... Um, Coming from a, a place where the work that I do, and I can also share from Rodney's perspective within the DEI training, we wear like 10 hats, mm. 10 hats that challenges us on a different space. Yeah. I sometimes need to numb myself to bring myself back to earth mm -hmm. because the things that I've seen and the things that I've heard and noticed and witnessed it's sometimes out of my, you know, it brings me out of my uh, way of thinking, but also realizing that people are going through this toxic toxicity. Yeah, I cannot grasp that. I cannot grasp it. So what I wanted to add on what you were sharing was find whatever supports you. Yeah. What supported me in resiliency is punching a kick uh, how do you say kickboxing back, a punch back, because I wanted to let it out. Find an outlet that mm. helps you to process whatever it is that you're going through and also talk to people, find people, because yeah. you should not be dealing with adversity alone. Yeah, yeah 100% agree. <laughs> yeah. 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 John, John, Dr. John Maxwell had an interesting way that he coached people mm -hmm. uh, on dealing with resiliency. And he said that, you know, if you're faced with a problem and a challenge that you weren't allowed to come to him directly with that challenge without mm. coming, without, without bringing a possible three, three possible solutions. And, yeah. and you know, they kept people on their toes, but it also builds, it builds this thing up. Yeah. It builds up yeah. the ability to become resilient. And I love that what you mentioned earlier about having a coach because yeah. uh, oftentimes my coach also does that, you know, if you have an issue, she'll ask, well, what are some potential solutions? Yeah. And you need to be able to think about this because, you know, you have the dreaded drama triangle and you can always see yourself as the victim, as things happening to exactly. you. And exactly. And then you, need, you exactly. need somebody, you know, when you take your problem to somebody else and you ask them to help you, you're almost seeing them as, you know, um, as a rescuer, as opposed yeah. to seeing the challenges you see you're seeing that you know seeing this this adversity as a challenge seeing yourself as the challenger mm -hmm. and then having that mentor as the coach right? yeah. to be able to navigate the ideas through yeah. and um so I, you know i'm i'm a little bit on you know i like both both sides of it i like to be able to also build that up and i also like that style of leadership where you yeah. don't always come to the rescue but you also put the yeah. ball into people's courts and you assist yeah. in building that and that's how yeah you coach resiliency in the workplace it's a muscle that needs to be trained but also realizing that different people have different experiences have different levels of resiliency and um, i'm also thinking about adding the word grit mm. because grit is also an essential part uh angela duckward i think she talks about it and she has a ted talk about grit 
finding that stamina, finding that strength to push through adversity. Is, is mm. grit a different word for resiliency? Is that it? Is that what I'm, I'm finding out tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would say so. I think it's very yeah. closely linked. Yeah. yeah. That's mm. what I, I'm thinking of right now. Okay, now we have talked about what people can do and how they can boost their own resiliency. But when it comes to leadership, what is the message that you have for them? Wow. <laughs> Rodney? <laughs> well, yeah, I think yeah, I think I'll reiterate what I just said uh, mm -hmm. earlier on is just making making an attempt to become really good at facing and overcoming challenges, especially if it's not something that you have been brought up with or some or you haven't faced a lot of adversity in your life, make it a point of trying to overcome challenges. They can be small ones, you know, mm -hmm. um, community issues, community problems, community, whatever, yeah. you know, just get it stuck in and get involved and make it a really good point of, of, of overcoming them. And through a process of time, you just get better and better. It's a muscle, as you said. Yeah. yeah. Can you give them an example? What is the one uh, thing yes. that you would in challenge leaders to do tomorrow? Hmm. Uh, so, so you just repeat that in terms of what is what is the one thing that you would challenge leaders to do when it comes to uh, leaders supporting their employees with boosting resiliency? Yeah, I think being able to listen. Mm. You know, yeah, really, really listen. Uh, make space for that. Yeah. Make space to hear the stories uh, and then coach and mentor from there. I yeah. think uh, so often the number one issue in going back to humanizing the workplace is that there isn't that space in the office where two people can just have a conversation and be fully yeah. in without, yeah. you know, a hundred things going on and answering emails while you're busy talking to the person. <laughs> it's just yeah. being in the moment and, and listening to somebody. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Karina? Yeah, I mean, for me, when I, what I wanted to say to the leadership is that know that all the employees are human. They're not machines. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. And one thing they can, what they can do is that they can be vulnerable and they can be yeah. honest what they're really going through. Sometimes, yeah. you know, like one, like a CEO looks amazing, like, he or she has like amazing time and like amazing career, but maybe at home they might be taking care of their sick parents or something. You yeah. don't know anything and right. they don't share because it's their kind of, they don't want to share the weakness. Right. And, but I think. Is it what, weak though? Is it weak? I don't think taking it's Taking care weak. of your parents, no. <laughs> taking care of your loved ones. Is it weak? No, but then I think that's what, especially if it's a woman, let's say they don't yeah. want to be seen that. She, she, the person is the one taking care and they don't have time to work or something like that mm -hmm. right so it will be held up held up against her yeah exactly and but then i think if you can have the vulnerability to say it and be honest to what they're actually going through i think that's like employees are human they're going to be compassionate to you and try to yeah. help you as well so that's how employees yeah. and company can start have like actual real relationship and yeah, yeah that's uh yeah. what i think yeah, yeah what I, I would add into the mix uh, it's a combination of what you both shared so uh listening but also 
have that understanding and I would like to add in empathy, right? Mm -hmm. When you know what your team members are going through or know the challenges that they face, what is it that, how can you support them without, you know, without fixing the challenge? How can you support them? How can you be there for them? Is there flexibility in the workplace? Can they make use of massage sessions? Can they make use of coaching sessions? Is coaching available? Is sponsorship available? What are the things that are available that people are not aware of it yet that can help boost their resiliency? That's what I would like to challenge leadership with today. Yeah. Rodney, you wanted to share something. Yeah, you know, I'm a huge advocate of storytelling in the workplace and creating mm-hmm. a culture of, of, of sharing stories. I know the impact of that because it, it brings back to what you mentioned now with regards to yeah. creating empathy, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I think with companies that, that do that, they see the benefit of it because when you share stories, uh, you connect through your similarities and through your differences, yeah. right? And also when you yeah. hear stories of people who have overcome hardships, it also motivates you to do the, yeah. to do the same. So, you know, it, it, when you hear these stories, it goes, okay, cool. So, I mean, this is really difficult, but if this person can do it, then, then so can I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this also assists with humanizing each other in the workplace. So we don't just see each other as HR of this, this is finance. You know, I have a name, <laughs> you know, and I have a story. Um, and I think to be able to create spaces and work environments to be able to share and the stories so two empathizing and also three it, it'll motivate us you know to do the same to share yeah that's these are amazing tips that you all have shared and i want to start with you rena what when you look at 2025 i know it's almost the end of 2022 and we have like almost two years left, but what is it that you would like to see when it comes to humanizing the workplace and resiliency? Yeah. You want me... to be booked everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I really, and also it's what, okay. So my answer is mm-hmm. to have the company support mm-hmm. private, either coaching, either counseling yeah. or meditation, yeah. or yeah. it can be, Qigong, uh, like any type of all this way of like a mental uh, care mm-hmm. uh, practice, yeah. it should be all like under insurance or, you know, it has to be provided by the company. Yeah. And yeah. otherwise, yeah, this mental health and mental illness and depression, burnout, this is just too big for us to take care. Like I can, like I want to heal a lot of people, but I can't heal all of them and there are not so many. Yeah. And a lot of, yeah, it's just some, a lot of people like all this um, illness or like all these difficulties happens mostly mainly to the people in poverty. And of course the people who have money, they can pay and they can, you know, um, yeah, spend the time and they have time and money, but a lot of people in poverty, they don't. And they are the one who really needs help. And yeah, I hope this is like in, it's in insurance or company provided for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my. Uh, so, are you also tapping into the social responsibility of companies to yeah. open up or to invest in yeah, the well-being of other people as well? Yeah, 
I think it has to start off with employee, their employees, right? Yeah. But then, one, I mean, it's not even there yet. So yeah. I think first yeah, they have to do that. And yeah, and after that, yeah, it would be nice if they start investing because it is really big problem that nobody yeah. wants to see and it's a taboo. And yeah, sometimes we have to face it. And yeah, I think 2025, 20, yeah, maybe it's, it's around late. the corner. Yeah, it's I around know. the corner. I know, but there. Yeah. Um, in in a way, I was hoping that the lessons learned of the lockdown, hmm. how a lot of parents were challenged, how a lot of you know employees were challenged by working from home or working at the office and seeing things in a different uh, light that resiliency, but also, you know, um, amplifying mental well-being in the workplace yeah. would have a higher priority. And um, I'm not seeing that yet everywhere. I'm noticing, though, there are a lot more companies investing, mm -hmm. but it would be amazing to share that as a benefit because nowadays people are comparing the different benefits and seeing, okay, what is company XYZ offering and why should I join them yeah. if they are not providing mental health days. Like I know that Microsoft and LinkedIn or Nike even closed their offices just to provide their people a mental health week as yeah. well or have mental health days. Yeah. yeah. And also to, in addition to that, I think it's important that each people needs a different thing. So some people yeah. works with coaching and some people yeah. works with meditation. Yeah. Some people works yeah. with something else. So it's nice. It, it would be even nicer if they have more options that they can provide. And yeah, it's not only one way that works for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That goes into play with equity, right? Not everybody yeah. needs the same tool and different exactly. people need different tools. So I totally yeah. understand that. Rodney, what's your yeah, wish? I yeah, I think my dream is, you know, for there to be brave spaces created in workplaces. Mm. In the yeah. There's accountability for the things that you do and say. Mm. Um, and I'll go back to the storytelling, but where people will be brave to be able to share their stories, but more yeah. importantly, that we find the space and the attitude to want to receive these stories and truly yeah. listen. And when, when, you, when you have this, coupled with the things that you've mentioned now, uh, effective yeah. wellness solutions... Uh, we can we can start to see workspaces, you know, operate like communities. And that's what we really, yeah. really want. You know, I've just come off a back of a, a really amazing where I was doing um, a wellness initiative that lasted a full month for one of the big uh, one of the big banks there. And, and uh, every day they had we had a different wellness supplier that came on. And we were really surprised because one of the pillars was mental wellness and it was the most booked out. Everything mm -hmm. from burnout, anxiety, depression. It, it was says it was something. Full. And it says what was something. really yeah. It does. It does. It does say something. However, what I really love liked about Rodney? this is the sessions like yeah. this before. Yeah, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Pre-COVID, it was, you know, it was a face-to-face. Uh, and mm -hmm. now it was online. And what we started to see was the attendance online was, it was, I think, more than 20 or 30% more people um, that, that attended. Um, and that's because, you know, one, people don't need to be in a room and, and put up their hand and then say, hey, listen, I have a problem. They can get online and they can yeah. also be sort yeah. of protected by this, by the group. Uh, and yeah. I think more initiatives, more innovative initiatives like this to deal with wellness, because we see that it is a massive problem. So 
Yeah, I yeah. think uh, I think innovative solutions and what I mentioned about storytelling. Yeah, thank you, thank you all for sharing. I mean, I I love talking about resiliency. I know that a good friend of ours, uh, Rodney. Mary Jane also speaks highly about this resiliency and it should be amplified. So I'm very appreciative of both of you sharing your insights and sharing your perspective on what we can do to boost it. And I'll do my best to boost this topic as well. Like I shared, it will be visible on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and all the other uh, podcast platforms as well. I'm looking forward to see how people are going to use that. So if you have anything to share regarding boosting the resiliency, I am going to write a, a blog about this. Uh, I'm going to convert it as a blog. And if you want your comment to be included, please share that within the next 48 hours so that it's going to be included as well. Thank you, Rena. Thank you, Rodney. And I'm wishing everybody a good evening. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Bye, Julia. everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.